Welcome to Everybody's Bad With Money. I'm Amelie and I'm hopping on before the episode to introduce our amazing guest. Today on the podcast, we talk to Athena Nehez. Athena is an assistant internet merchant at a big corporation in Columbus, Ohio. About a year ago, she was feeling really trapped. Despite having aspirations to one day be a CEO, Athena was like many other people in their 20s in credit card debt with no idea how to pay it off. At the time, she was also receiving financial support from her parents, which gave them full power to tell her what she should be doing with her money. She wanted independence, but was used to believing that she wasn't good with money. She began working with AJ in May of 2020 and within months cut down her debt by 80%, built a two-month emergency fund which allowed her to move out and into an apartment with her boyfriend. On top of that, she got promoted with a giant salary increase. Empowered, confident, and obsessed with budgeting, Athena wants to spread the word and normalize conversations around personal finance. Just eight months later, Athena is financially independent and has redefined her life around conscious spending. Her budget has become a reflection of her highest values. To get to know Athena, all you need to do is look at her recurring and lifestyle expenses. They will tell you exactly what she likes and what she is planning for her future. We loved chatting with Athena. Her story is a great example of the life-changing power of gaining financial freedom, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everybody's Bad with Money, where we share stories and get real about personal finance. We make money talk fun. I'm Amelie. And I'm AJ. And we are so excited to have Athena here with us this afternoon, morning, evening. (laughs) Anytime you're listening to the podcast. It's currently 8 a.m. where we are all sitting. Um, Athena, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. Athena and I have been working together since about May. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, And I just, when I refer to you, I'm like, She's 24, 25 year old, and she's going to be a CEO. She's just so impressive. <laughs> uh, that's I'm just like I have this client, and I just she's going to be a CEO one I day. Love it. Um, she said these things to me. This well, is real. Oh <laughs> but beyond that, like beyond the the work thing, just the level of commitment and devotion you have to wanting to better yourself and to change your relationship with money is so inspiring, and I think so relatable. And so I want to hear even though I already know it, I want to hear your money story. Um, What was your relationship to money before you started doing this work and where is it now and all that jazz? Oh my gosh. Well, I am extremely, extremely excited to be here. Um, And I was so happy um, when you asked me to come on the podcast. Um, But yeah, so my money story, um, I think like most goes way back to when Um, I was young. I feel like honestly, like, and anyone who works with AJ, like knows this, like, I feel like I'm doing that sheet that you sent me at the beginning, like, you know, talk about like your very first memory of money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it it starts way back when I was young and um, my, I guess, you know, with my parents, because they were, you know, the people that I had to reference when it came to, um, I guess, anything at first. Um, And they have, one, they have very different backgrounds um, when it comes to money. Um, And then two, they always fought about it. Um, So when I was younger, I think even growing up, it really, money was always very like tainted in my mind. It was almost like dangerous. Um, for I think multiple reasons. One, because my parents did always fight about money. Um, and two, when um, I was kind of probably jump around a little bit, um, okay. but when I was um, probably in like middle school, maybe freshman in high school, um, my mom's father, so my grandfather, he passed away. And my mom's, um, so my extended family, they sued my parents. And so that also broke the family. Um, And so I saw it as very like destructive. Um, I wanted kind of nothing to do with money. Um, And then on top of that, I was a kid who was very bad at math um, and also bad at managing my money. Um, But at the same time, I was never taught. Um, And I loved 
fashion. I loved clothes. I loved shopping. I mean, one of like my mom and I's hobbies was like going shopping, like, and, but then we'd come home and then my parents would fight about us shopping. Oh, same here. Uh, That's like, I, I know that story, like the back of my hand. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally relate to like the volatility and like fear of money. Like it's bad. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to stay. Why would I get anywhere near something that's caused so much harm? Oh, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, for so long. I mean, I think even, you know, I think I said this to AJ once when we were working together. I was like, I think it was something that had to do with work. And I think it was my company just like extended their bonuses. So now everyone is getting their bonuses. And I was like, I don't want it. I was like, I really don't want the, like, it's essentially free money. And I was like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't like just someone else take it. Like I was so afraid to even like accept free money um, or even like have like more of it. Cause I thought having more would be like a bad thing. Um, but I guess anyway, so growing, you know, growing up, I um, was extremely fortunate where um, my parents were able to pay for everything for me. Um, so I really, you know, didn't have any worries there. Um, and then when I, you know, when I got into, I think I was 16, um, my, I got my first job um, at Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> nice. I can smell the perfume. I did. <laughs> yep. I was, yeah, I worked at the kids store because um, they were, they hired at 16. I had a cousin who worked at corporate and she was like, just go in, like, they'll give you a code, you apply online. Um, but, you know, I was taught like to work, like, you know, when you get, can get a job, like you're going to get a job. Um, but I didn't become responsible for anything. Like I still didn't have any type of responsibility. It was just start working. Um, and so I did, but I really liked having my own money. Like it felt, you kind of had to taste a little bit of like freedom. Um, but at the same time, like it, I just, I just kept spending it because I didn't have, you know, I wasn't really taught to like put it into savings. I wasn't, you know, taught kind of like okay, when you have this paycheck, you know, where is it going to go to? It just went to clothes and shoes um, and things like that. Um, and then I guess as I, you know, continued, um, I, um, when I was getting ready to go to college, um, again, was extremely fortunate that my parents wanted um, to pay for my schooling. Um, but it was like, this is the path you're taking. Like you're going to school, we're going to pay for it, but there was no other option. It wasn't, Mm. you're not, you know, not going to college was never an option. It was just, you're going and we're paying for it. And it was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess I'm going. So (laughs) (laughs) I go and, you know, I, um, I had no idea about, I kind of always felt like the odd one out um sorry if you guys can hear my my dogs that's (laughs) That's the one one thing of being back home you can hear the dogs yeah (laughs) no worries um but I what was I saying um so at school um I so I felt like the odd one out because one I didn't like talking about that my parents were paying for my school um all my friends were paying for their tuition Um, And then on top of that, they would have conversations about like their tuition and how much things cost. And I had no idea because I had no idea how many loans um, that I had out and, you know, my name for my school um, because my dad handled all of it. Um, I had no idea how much my school even cost. Um, I had an idea of how much like my books cost because I was the one actually going to the bookstore and like buying them but I didn't like I didn't know much about any of it and so I just kept quiet didn't really you know say much and it was just and then my parents were also too like you're gonna go to school but you're also gonna get a job because this is kind of like our equivalent of we're helping you so you have to 
at least be productive in some way. Like going to school wasn't just enough. Um, That's so interesting. Brett, my fiance, his whole, his family's philosophy was we're paying for school and school is your job. And so they expected him to do really well and for him to exceed. And, and he did really well because with that, with that concept in his mind, whereas I was also taught, like, I mean, and I was also put in a ton of debt that I didn't know about, but I was also taught Mm -hmm. like, um, like, yeah, go get work. Cause like, I didn't have like that extra income, that extra like allowance, or I didn't, I didn't have my mom's credit card. So like I had to work, Mm -hmm. but I wished you know, that school was considered the job. I think that's like a really, you know, you're putting all this money down. You might as well have them focus, but. Right. No, I think it was, it was hard because I almost looked at working um, better than school. So like I would leave class early um, to go to work because I, um, I thought my job was like more important. And I also kind of saw it as, well, this is going to help me with my career. Mm. What I, you know, this prereq class I'm taking, who cares? Like, I'm not going to use this. You know, I know my, my major was fashion merchandising. Um, I, I, I had a retail job, like this is what's going to help me. Um, Mm -hmm. Not, not necessarily the class, all the classes I was taking. So when I could leave class early, I would, you know, go to my job. I would take on more hours. I guess the only benefit that that became is that I didn't, I guess when you go to school, everyone's like, oh, you just party all the time. So I wasn't that kid, Mm -hmm. um, which I guess, and, you know, in some way was, was a good thing. Um, But yeah, it was, you know, being in school was work and go to school. Um, yeah. It was like a really, really hard balance, but all that, you know, that extra money wasn't, I guess it wasn't even it, extra money. It was my money to spend, you know, if I wanted to go out with my friends or on food, um, but I wasn't paying for my tuition and my parents were also paying um, my rent for me. Um, and I didn't like it. Like, I really didn't like that feeling. I didn't like telling people Um that's so interesting. So you went to a school that a lot of people paid for their own way. Mm-hmm. What school did you go to? I went to? to Kent State. So it's a state. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a state school. Um, Amelie and I, I mean, I definitely went to a school where a lot of people were paid for. I went to private, I went to Ithaca College and a lot of people's parents paid for the school. I mean, there was definitely people who had financial aid, but like mm-hmm. a good chunk of people I knew were Pay, their parents were paying for school. And Amelie, I know, I remember you said that you had a combo of both. Yeah, I definitely had a combo because I, I did go to a state school. I went to the University of Vermont. So mm-hmm. I feel like the, I feel like I had a combo of people who were out of state and their parents were paying for their school. And then like people who were in state and had to go to that school because, because it was cheaper or it was like the, the school they got into. And um, I had a good amount of friends who were working and paying their full tuition. Mm. yeah yeah it's so funny because AJ told me going into this recording that we were gonna have so many similarities and like everything you say I'm like yep yep me too yes <laughs> it's funny because I feel like when I listen I mean I, I've listened to all your guys's episodes at this point and even <laughs> twice um <laughs> but I only like a lot of times when you say things I'm just like nodding my head like yeah same yeah me too <laughs> yeah very similar experiences mm-hmm. So what happened, what happened after college? Um, so I, um, so being in the program that I was in, I um, did a six month, when I, in my senior year, I did a six month study away program um, in New York City, which um, really shed some, some light on how much things cost. <laughs> um, <laughs> New York City and, will do that to you. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, in terms of not even like, just how much things cost, but the difference in Ohio and New York. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was not going to stay in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I moved, um, I graduated, I moved back home um, and I didn't want to work. I was exhausted. 
Um, I worked since I was, and it sounds like I feel, I feel like it's like, that's really not that long. Like you only started working at 16, but it's like, you're still a child. Like last time I checked, I was still a kid. Like no one yeah. was referring to me as an adult. So like, yeah. I like, no. Yeah. When I was Yeah. 16, you weren't getting like, any of the perks of being an adult, which is autonomy. Right. And I was, you know, I was in school. I was my last, the last semester I took, I was taking, uh, I think 18 credit hours, which is. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. More than, more than you normally take, but then also more than you take as a senior. Um, so it was like, and on top of that, I was, I was working a um, manager position at, I was at J crew. Um, and I was, I was a key holder. So like I was working I'd either be there early in the morning or I'd be closing and then I'd have to go home and then I'd still have to do this homework. And then I like, so it was a lot. By the time I graduated, I, you know, most of my friends had jobs lined up and I, I had wanted nothing to do with working. Yeah. You were Um, burned out. Yeah. And so I I moved back home. Um, I probably spent about maybe four months not working um because then I started to get bored and then I started to realize I didn't really have any money (laughs) (laughs) so and my parents were only going to continue to like you know my dad started to kind of get the this you know thing in my ear of like you're gonna have to start paying us rent and I'm like no I'm not and (laughs) (laughs) um because my brother paid that he also moved back home after college um and well, actually, I shouldn't say he moved back home. He never left. He went to Ohio State, which is um, so he commuted. So he never actually left. But when he started working, um, he did start paying my parents rent. Um, and then I finally got a job um, at I got a retail job. Um, but it wasn't mostly my dad didn't really see it as like, a quote unquote real job. Mm. Um, it wasn't that nine to five. It wasn't corporate. Um, it's weird. It's some of these things like unspoken norms that our parents have grown up with that like yeah. a corporate is a corporate job is a real job. Yeah. Is somehow like, and I just never believe that. I mean, I went into even my degree in fashion merchandising, like most, you know, my, my mom was always very supportive, not to say my dad wasn't, but he had this more uh, different look on it. And that, what are you going to do with this? Like, you're going to work in fashion, you're going to just work retail the rest of your life. And I'm like, well, maybe like, who knows, you know, I don't mind working retail, like, you can essentially make enough money to support yourself. um, If you know, you're, you get your finances in order, like, why not? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I worked that retail job for, I think a year, I think a year. Um, And, but in the meantime, like I was still looking for other jobs. I had, um, my brother was at Abercrombie and Fitch at the corporate office. My mom was at L Brands at the corporate office. Um, Living in Columbus, you're surrounded by a lot of big retail companies um but um I didn't really fit into this corporate world and I was even told that I was too out of the box um I didn't get I went on an interview and I thought like I thought I nailed this interview like I did my research I was like confident I was like there's no way they're not hiring me (laughs) And they told me that I had a great personality, but I lacked professionalism. And that, like, the job search, I was like, I don't, I don't want this. I don't, I want nothing to do with this right now. Um, And I was still living at home. I had no, I had no rent. I had no bills. I had, um, my parents paid for my car. I was, I mean, I'm 25 now. I'm still on their health insurance. Like, I had nothing to worry about so this coasting of just working this retail job you know I was making decent money um I liked it um I you know I didn't have anything to worry about um 
so I kind of just quit that that job search for a little bit and stayed stayed working retail. Um, and then ultimately through a um, family friend um, who also she helped my brother and I with our SAT ACT college prep. Um, she put me in contact with the um, SVP of um, the team that I'm with now. Um, so I currently work for Bath and Body Works International. Um, and she set me up on a meeting with him and it was just a casual, you know, conversation, not a job interview. Um, it just, just talked to me about what he did and, you know, what, what his, you know, the international business world looked like. And, um, that was that. And then he, um, I went on a few more um, conversations with other people who are his direct reports as exploratory interviews. Um, and then, you know, a year then later, I get a call saying, we have a position. Do you want it? Um, That's awesome. And, yeah. I mean, I got, I felt so lucky. Like it, it, it's, I think it, it's to, in today's world, it's true in the sense of it matters who you know sometimes, but also it almost matters as well as how you are to those people that you know, because I don't know that, you know, the connection that I had um, because of our relationship, I don't know that it, and the relationship I developed with her, um, that she would have done the same for somebody else necessarily. Um, so I, I'm very big on the relationships that you make and, you know, the impressions that you put on people because yes, it does matter, you know, because they can get you in front of some of these people. Um, but it also matters how you are to them. Um, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm very, very big on relationships totally. and building yeah. those relationships. Yeah. So. I think, I think networking and like using your network is so incredibly important and, mm -hmm. When I work with my clients specifically on career stuff, I have them go out and just like talk to people in their network and just kind mm -hmm. of go like go through who they know and who those people know and try to just get in a conversation like that is the way to really push yourself forward and it mm -hmm. can feel really uncomfortable and like pushes yourself out of your comfort zone but that I fully believe in my heart that that is the way to find good opportunities rather than just scouring through like Indeed or one of those job websites and like applying randomly. It's like actually create those personal connections. It'll get you so much yeah. further. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's even not just like, you know, it, sometimes we get too stuck in talking about like your career or, you know, your major and like some of those things that like that you think that they're expecting to hear. And it's like, just connect with someone on a personal level. Like, yeah, share your story. Just like share your story, how you got here, like what, what you do day to day. Like sometimes that is bigger than talking about, I went to this school and I did this. Like it can get, I don't Sometimes I even get like bored, like talking about it. I'm like, oh, that was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's so much there's so much more to you than just just those things Absolutely. yeah there was a woman that I used to work with who um was just like such a badass and just I like looked up to her so much she moved on from the company but she set herself up so that she worked in my company four days a week Monday through Thursday and then on Friday would have her networking days where she would like go grab people, go grab coffee with interesting people or like have conversations. And I was like, okay, of course that's like ideal world. Not everybody can set themselves up right. like that. But I was like, that is such an interesting way of approaching work and such an interesting thing to aspire to, to work four days a week and then have a day for networking. Like how fucking cool is that? <laughs> it's like, that's well, awesome. just goes to show that like, you really can create a life for yourself that you want. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, I want to go back really quickly and then I want to sure. hear what happened after your big girl job. Like you got your big girl <laughs> job. Um, so are, is your dad first generation American or um, are his parents, did they move here uh, before they had him? No, his parents are from 
they were born here. I believe his parents' parents came over. Okay. Um, from but the Hungary. Greek, but the Greek run. Oh, from Hungary. So yeah. So my mom, mom is at, my mom's Greek. My dad is Hungarian. Got it. Mm. And is your mom like first generation or? No, her, so her parents were born here. Her, her grandparents came over from Greece. Got it. Um, I was curious about that because um, when I lived in Australia, I noticed um, the first generation um, Eastern Europeans that lived in Australia mm-hmm. were just such a different breed of people that I've never met. They were, um, they were very family oriented and kids were like 35 years old living at home because they weren't married. And until they were married, they, they weren't going to move mm-hmm. out and they didn't pay rent. And it was such a different experience because in, in, especially like where I'm from, yeah. not that my friends were like cut off, but like that there's that expectation you go to college and then the second you graduate college, you're cut off and you have to go figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. going back home had a different association Um, Whereas I know in like a lot of um, like Eastern European cultures, they're way more open and tolerant. Even in like Brazil, they're just like, no, you don't move back. You don't move out of your parents' home until you have stability, until you have a partner or you have a job or things like that. Right. Yeah. I wonder if it's because, so when he, like I said, both my parents' backgrounds are very different. Um, He moved out like when he was maybe like 18, 19. so, and he was, he, so he, I guess it was always, he was expected to work, but at the same time, like he had to work, um, because his parents' financial, you know, background was, um, I don't know if his mom worked or if she did, you know, it didn't necessarily pay the bills. So his dad was the one bringing in the money. Um, so, you know, he paid for his actually, he paid for his um, associates and then his company paid for um, his That's bag. the way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he had that. So I, you know, I think maybe when my parents had my brother and I, and then my mom comes from a background very similar to me um, where her parents, you know, they paid for her school. They, um, you know, had more of that stability. Um, I wonder if, it was like he wanted to do the opposite with my brother and I and kind of get us stable. And then like, you know, we don't want you to have all this debt when you do leave us. But at the same time, like there were no conversations, you know, we were missing that conversation piece of when I'm doing your student loans, like this is what we're doing. This is how much loans you have. I mean, I remember when I first started working with AJ, I, she was like, you need to go check your credit score. And they ask you those like security questions. And one of them was, do you have a student loan in, you know, X company and, or whatever. And I started crying because I had no idea. I had that little knowledge of money that was in my name yeah and Mm -hmm. it was a very overwhelming feeling of you know it's like it was you know I'm very very fortunate I don't want to like sound like I'm trying to like shade my parents but not having those conversations and not having that understanding really left me in the dark and it was like what you know god forbid what what if something happened to you I would have no idea about anything yet at the same time you're expecting me to be an adult but I don't know some of these things yeah when when they directly relate to me (laughs) yeah yeah I think that happens to a lot of people like I certainly Mm -hmm. felt that way and I mean I I the both can exist at the same time like you can be so incredibly grateful to your parents for everything they provided for you and also recognize Mm -hmm. that there were some, there were some conversations lacking, which Mm -hmm. certainly happened to me. And I am so grateful to my parents because they wanted to provide for me. And I think from their perspective, they wanted, they didn't want me to have to deal with a lot of the shit that they dealt with, with money. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, we're just going to protect you. We're going to like give you what you need to survive. And like, but the flip side of that is that then I didn't have the knowledge that I needed to 
make informed decisions when I was actually managing my own money. Right. Right. So no, I, I completely relate to that. So speaking of managing your own money, so you get this like big girl job and you start bringing in the money, but you're still not paying rent. You're still not Mm -hmm. paying for your bills. So what happens in the preceding months? Yeah. So um, I get my job and it's the most money I've ever made. Um, (laughs) I, I didn't even think about, and I think it's what, one of the things you guys really talk about that um, I love so much is, you know, advocating for yourself in your career and negotiating um, when you do get presented with either um, an, you know, a job offer or, you know, a, a pay raise. Um, I didn't even think about negotiating. Um, of just was like, this is the most I've ever made. Yeah, let's sure. Sounds great. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I get the job. Um, and I, I, I still lived the same, you know, nothing changed. I didn't, um, I guess, I guess the only thing that changed was I had to get, um, a new car. Um, my car broke down. So this was the time to make my first big purchase. Um, but I didn't look at a budget. Um, didn't look at, I guess I also had credit card debt. So that's, you know, that's the one thing I forgot to mention is I did have credit card debt. I, you know, I got credit cards um, because I thought I had to. Um, I kind of, when I got, I got to a certain age where no one was going to start telling me what I was supposed to do. And I was kind of sick of like relying, you know, waiting on my parents to say something. Um, So I was like, well, I guess I need a credit card. Let me go get a credit card. Um, and I got That's one. That's the adult and- thing to do. Get a credit <laughs> yeah. card. It's like you need like debt or something. I don't know. Isn't there like something with credit card debt or something? Or you need credit. That's what it is. You just need credit. Well, you yeah. Need <laughs> you need, in order to build credit, you need to use credit, which is such a yeah. system. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So I was like, if I ever want to do anything, I need credit. Um <laughs> So I, I got myself into credit card debt from overspending. Um, and then it was time to get a car. Um, and I had no money saved. Um, so, and my parents weren't putting anything down on it. Um, and my car was broke down. So they weren't going to take any money from that. Um, and I just looked to my dad and he was like, so you can afford this much. And it was like, okay, sure. Like, where did he get that number? How does he know what you can afford? Yeah, he didn't know I was in credit card debt. You know, he Mm. had no idea. Um, He knew about my student loans, because they were paying for them. So maybe he just assumed that was the only debt that I had. Um, But yeah, so I had to get the car. um, And I I get, um, I got a Jeep Cherokee. um, That I mean, I love it. But my my car payments a little high. (laughs) Um, so that's, you know, not exactly fun, but then, um, it, it just started to feel, I guess, like overwhelming. Cause I felt like this was, this was the first expense that I had in a month that was like so significant that I, you know, I had a fear of like not paying it. Um, but also I was just like, still, I didn't change any of my spending habits, Um, and so I was still spending a lot and I had this, you know, expensive car payment. Um, and then, you know, I, am at home and I knew I wanted to leave, you know, I didn't want to stay at home forever. I kind of wanted that freedom again. I liked being on my own, but I didn't know the first thing about, you know, moving out and what that looked like and what those expenses entail. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just kind of felt impossible. Um, and everyone always told me, you're bad with money. So I was just like, I'm bad with money. You know, it's never going to happen until I make more. I thought I like, I thought when I made more money, I would get better with money because I had more of it. And- oh, there's a, there's a money myth right there. <laughs> I know. So, so many people think that, and it's just not the case. It's like, you could be making so much money. And if you don't know how to manage it, it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and um, yeah, I had no idea. 
how to manage it. I had no idea um, even how to pay off my debt. I didn't even know where to start there. And it wasn't even like, and then I always looked at other people too. I think that's the biggest, you know, another misconception. Don't, don't look at other people. And when they talk about money and I think, you know, work, the work that I've done with AJ and then, you know, the work that I've done on myself and then the more confident I've been speaking about my own finances, I'm starting to see that like everything everyone said to me was a deflection on themselves because I got crap about living at home. I got crap about my parents paying for my school. I got crap that I, you know, you're still like, I, I'm, I just turned 25 in June and it's like all of my, I'm always the youngest, like always, always the youngest. And I'm always like, I feel like looked down upon and like, you should already like be here. And it's like, why, why should I already be moved out? Like you weren't moved out. So why are you giving me crap about it? And then come to find out like your parents are still helping you. Yep. So yeah, (laughs) I, um, I, I, so I always say about Athena that she's like, she's my younger version of Amelie because I oh and I'm always like I'm like she's my little Amelie um because I like can't even believe that you two Amelie Amelie you started working with me when you were like what 25 24. or 24 so you started working with me 24 you started working with me at 24 when I was 24 I moved to Australia with 50 dollars in my bank account so like I just was like what and it's so funny that you had that perception that like you weren't there I think both of you had that you weren't there yet you should know better mm-hmm. like all of those oh, things yeah. and I'm like and my life coach always used to say to me like AJ like love and money are the two like things that people write books about like these are the hardest things and like you think you're supposed to get them at 24 <laughs> uh, I wasn't even 24 when I started working there was I like 27 yeah. 26 and it was just like, you both are like so above your years. And it's such a great realization to realize you're not alone in this. And every the things that people tell you aren't necessarily true. And to have that discernment mm-hmm. to realize like, oh, you know what? I thought that friend who always like made me feel really bad is like actually not great with money. Like, why yeah. did I give her that much yeah. power? But you don't know until you know. Yeah. yeah. Also just like comparison is the root of, all evil because Harrison is the theft of joy yeah it really is because everybody's on their own journey and on their own path and it's really true Athena like you were saying that often when somebody is giving you shit for something it's actually a reflection of themselves and has very little to do with you so I think it's so interesting and I felt Mm -hmm. the exact same way like I felt like I was just doing everything wrong and it was so interesting. It's so interesting now looking back, realizing like, well, I actually had to make those mistakes in order to be where I am today. And I could have easily not like seeked out help and I could Mm -hmm. have continued on with the path and I could have been in like 20, 30, $40,000 of credit card debt. So it's just, it's so easy looking back and being like, well, I, I am where I am today, like for a reason, but in the moment it feels really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, um, I mean, I definitely in, I mean, in this, this year, um, you know, starting in 2020 is actually when I started working with, um, AJ and it's, I think I make this joke to her all the time, but it like, I always say it took a pandemic for me to get my finances in order, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it has like grown me so much, not just about the money. Like I, I feel so much more confident now, like when I, I speak about like my finances or when I talk about something, you know, that I purchased or even like the new apartment that I'm in. Um, it's, you know, this is my first apartment on my own. And like the plan that I had set up to move into this apartment and buy the things that I knew we were going to need, like I had no fear about it. And even now, like when I talk to my friends, I'm like, yeah, I did, you know, I had helped to get here, but like this money that was spent was mine and I saved it and I worked on a budget and like I did this and had, 
you know, it was very big on for me that I didn't have certain help from my parents. Like I have now accepted some of their help. You know, my mom went shopping with me the other day to get cleaning supplies um, because I was like, just get me this for Christmas, please. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't, like, I can't spend any more money. Like, if you want to get me a Christmas gift, take me on a shopping spree for cleaning supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding Clorox. um but it was just really important for me to like kind of do some of this on my own but I if I can be that for you know other people and you know not be the way others treated me in the sense of you know looking down on me for you know moving out when I did or you know accepting help from my parents at you know whatever point in time like I don't want to do that to other people because I know what it feels like and it sucks and we're all like on this, you know, journey and like, why not do it together? And you're just as bad with money as I am, but I was the one that was always the butt of the joke for being bad with money. Mm. So I try to be like more and, you know, helpful when, you know, whenever I can and be as open as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's so helpful. So speaking of like strategy, like, so what, what ha, getting into like the nitty gritty, like what mm-hmm. did you do to, to change your relationship with money to learn how to budget? Um, I mean, I obviously can tell it from my <laughs> lens, but I want to hear it from yours. Um, and then yeah. how did you plan for moving? Yeah. So um, I would say the more like technical things of like working on a budget, you know, those things that we did on, we did in terms of, you know, working on um, obviously starting with my like history of expenses, you know, putting those into the budget and then making, you know, getting your reoccurring together, then looking at your lifestyle, like all of those things were tedious, but easy to do. It there was like a mindset shift that I really had to work on. So, you know, I remember there was a day I was talking to AJ and, you know, she had said, you have this much to spend for the rest of the month. Um, And I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And it was like, I kept always saying, I don't know how, I don't know how. And it's like, I did know how. I kind of just didn't want to face this reality that I had to do it. Um, And there's a big like mindset shift. It's like, you have to almost retrain your brain because you're so used to like these bad habits that you've created um, or this idea in your head that you don't know how. And you know, I just picked that up from other people because I was bad with numbers. I was bad with money. Like I wasn't, I knew what to do. I had everything in front of me. Yeah. Um, and so I really had to work on myself and figure out what was going to help me get to where I wanted. So I knew the end goal. And that was, I want X amount saved by the time that I move out. So we put that into my budget. I really like having things budgeted out as much as possible. So like when I go to the, I go to the chiropractor monthly, have that already set in the budget. Like if I, you know, recently I wanted to buy a new coat, put that in the budget. So it was like, that money is gone. I haven't spent it yet, but like it's in the budget. So I was very, very like down to, I try to budget myself out for the month as much as possible. So then when it's like, okay, and then I break it down weekly. So each week I look at my finances and say, all right, if there's five months or five weeks in the month, you know, how much can you spend each week so that you stay at this, um, at this limit? Um, So I, you know, that's what really helped me. And it, you know, it could be totally different for somebody else, but I realized that I really kind of need to see every little piece in order to get to like this, this end goal of, I want this amount saved. And then, you know, and I want to have, you know, a a good, um, you know, safety net in my savings as well. Yeah, I think, um, the first year to two years of getting your finances in order, like need to be that like methodical and, and kind of obsessive um, because it is exactly what you're saying. It's rewiring and repatterning. Like Mm -hmm. eventually you might move into a place where it's not happening weekly. It's happening monthly or, you know, it's the, the, the 
categories are more broad, but mm-hmm. I really, I really believe that. I know that um, Amelie is all about um, her, um, her line item sheet, which I love so much. And she, <laughs> you know, she does it weekly and every Sunday yeah. and every yeah. Sunday. It's my self-care Sunday. Also yeah. um, what I, what I did when I was like really, really wanting to get my finances in order is I wrote down every single thing I bought in my notes section in my phone. Mm. Like every time Mm. I swiped a card or paid for something, I would write it down. So it's like, I didn't even, I had it right in my hand at all times. And I knew, and I would like subtract it from my, from my weekly budget. And Mm. it can sound like it's really, um, what's the word? Like it can sound restrictive, but to me, it gave me so much freedom and peace of mind. So it yeah. really is like whatever works for, for you like that, but that, that method worked for me so well. It was like exactly what I needed. Um, yeah. so I forget, like, uh, we don't have to go into like how much credit card debt, but like, oh, yeah. I, I think we're at a percent, like what's the percentage now? So since May, like how much of, oh, you think percentage wise have you paid off? Um, so I had, I had three credit cards. Um, and I've paid off two of them. Wow. So I have one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, that's always so good. I always forget to like celebrate. Yes. Celebrate the win. It's actually like psychologically really hard to celebrate a debt payoff because it's like, yeah. so mo- you can't see it anymore. So it's like, Oh, I paid off. I remember when I paid off my first credit card and then I put mm-hmm. money back on it. I, I remember <laughs> I took my mom and sister out to dinner and I was like, I paid off my credit card. And then it was like, I never thought about it again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was more, I just see it. So like, I don't like my debt because it's something that I did that was like bad. And it's almost like you knew better. Like you knew better not to get yourself in debt because everyone said, don't get yourself in debt, but no one gave you the skills to not get yourself in debt. Yes. So you know, what, you know, kind of like, what do you think was going to happen? You give someone a credit card, you don't teach them how to use it. Hey, look, here's the debt. Yeah. Um, so I always like forget to kind of celebrate, even though I know what w- I didn't like it and kind of thought it was bad. It's still, you still did a good thing. Like you paid it off. That's you did a great thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, and then something else happened. And so as you were getting, so I just want to highlight one moment where like, <laughs> I remember when the mindset shifted because you oh. were going from that stage of like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden you were like, AJ, like, if it's okay, like I played with the numbers mm. and I created my <laughs> own budget. And I was like, oh. you know, like the, the sound came out, you know, like I was like, that's yep. it. And then, and that's when you took over your budget and you were like, I got this. And then mm-hmm. I kind of just got to like sit on the sidelines and watch you like figure out what you wanted to do with your own money and you took ownership. And, um, and then like very soon after that, something happened at work and what happened at work? Oh, oh my God. This was like, this was the craziest thing because all of the work that we had done, honestly, like led up to this point and Um, which is why I think it's so huge that you guys are talking about advocating for yourselves um, in your line of work, no matter what you are doing. Um, AJ was like, you know, we were talking about my job and, you know, how long I've been there, how much I'm making, when, you know, when can I expect to see a raise? And I was like, oh, you know, like we're in a pandemic. They're not giving out, you know, raises this year. We're not even doing reviews. And she's like, okay, like kind of like laid off a little bit of like asking, but she was like, I think you still should, you know, set up a plan with your boss. And I was so nervous about even talking to my boss just about what do I need to do to grow, um, you know, in my career at this, you know, at this company. And so I like had to have a full on like, okay, like Athena, you got this. Like I practiced in front of the mirror, like what I was going to say. <laughs> like <laughs> I really had to work myself up. Um, and so we get to the end of like my touch base with my boss and I'm just like, anything else like you want to talk about? And I'm like, okay, Athena, like you got this. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like in my head. I'm like, you know, I know we're not having um, our traditional like reviews because I think 
if you guys have worked in like the corporate setting, you know that every single year at like on the same same month each year, like you have a specific review that you go through. Um, and I was like, but, and I had a new boss at the time too. So, you know, I didn't think it was worth us having a conversation. Um, and, but I, you know, I said, I was like, I think that we've been working together long enough. Like, do you think we could just chat about what I need to do to get better? Um, you know, where do we see me progressing? And then all of a sudden she goes, you're getting a promotion. Oh my God. Another (laughs) clapping moment. I know. It was crazy. (laughs) Yes. I was so shocked when I tell you, like, I was not expecting it at all. Um, Wasn't expecting it to come this year. Wasn't like, it was, it was, I, you know, ask and you shall receive. Like, I know that doesn't happen all the time, but I think there's a sense of like, when you put yourself first, no matter what, you know, when you're confident in yourself and you're, um, you're advocating for yourself, it's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. yes, it won't necessarily happen in like the snap of the fingers, like it did for me, but I was getting my finances in order and I was doing the work that I needed to do to get me to some of these places. And then those good things like kind of started to come in and it all started to click and all the pieces started to come together. And then it was like, like, I mean, it's not easy. I don't want people to think like, you know, it's going to be easy because it's hard and it's not hard to do the budget. It's not hard to do that. But the mental part of it is hard. You really have to look at yourself and that's like one of the hardest things to do but you will be better for it and you will be so much happier. And like, you just, you see yourself in such a new light and you feel so much freer. Can you see my eyes? I'm literally tearing up. (laughs) I'm like, this is the most beautiful story. Um, But seriously, it's like so inspiring to hear the success stories because um it's, I mean, one, I can relate to everything that you're saying and I like feel the emotions of, like, and it, it's true. It is hard, but I can't express how worth it it is. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so good. It's just (laughs) like, you feel, I don't know. It's like, until you do it, you can't really describe like what that feeling is, but you just, I don't know. It's like, it's like that thing there is like, oh, you'll just get it one day. And it's like, yeah. I yeah, got it. I got it. Oh my gosh. What a, what a beautiful place to end. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk to you for uh, hours. But, I mean, um, really could. Yeah. Uh, we love to, there's two questions we have to ask you. The first is if you would describe your relationship with money in one word, what would it be? Oh, I thought of, I think about this after <laughs> every time I finish your guys' episodes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like your like first fangirl. I love it. <laughs> um, but it's welcoming. Oh, I like that. <laughs> love that. Love that. And can you take us away with three things that you're grateful for? Yes. Um, so even though I'm not there right now, I am extremely grateful um, for my new apartment and um, living with my boyfriend um he was it was I'm just gonna tell this story I always have a story I can talk forever but like (laughs) he did something so cute last night and this is exactly why like moving in was like so perfect for us because our internet has been out and AT&T has just like royally screwed us over um and he brought home Swenson for us which if anyone who's listening if they're from northeast ohio it's um just a drive up um burger like shop and i love swenson's and he brought me home like their big thing is a galley boy it's a cheeseburger but um and so he brought me home a galley boy and um a milkshake and i was just like thank you (laughs) so little things yes yes those names are hilarious i know i was like the Wednesday <laughs> Galley Boy. <laughs> so so Ohio, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then second would be um 
I'm extremely grateful for my family. Um, they have helped me so much during this move. Um, and then even, um, I think just in, you know, my life too, and getting me to where I'm at, I'm, you know, family is so huge to me. Um, so very grateful for them. Um, and then third would just be, I am so, so grateful for the both of you and the work that I do with AJ and you both allowing me to share my story, um, on your podcast. I love, I think Amelie, you said this in this week's episode (laughs) Um, about telling stories um and that you know it's been going on for years and you know somehow we've lost that but I you know I think like both of you I truly believe like you know we learn from our experiences so why are we not sharing and teaching off of our experience and sharing our stories so I think it's so so great and just so grateful to be a part of it Oh, I know. I'm so glad. <laughs> Sorry to make you cry at like nine in the morning. Oh, <laughs> I love a good cry. I'm used to it. Going. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't cry once a day, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. Brett actually has, he like has a fake calendar. He's like, oh, do we need to reset the calendar? If I go like three <laughs> days, he's so like, funny. oh, are we resetting the calendar? Because I'll be like watching a show and he turns over and he's like, you're crying during Borat, AJ. Like, really? <laughs> like, there was a sad Amazing. Moment. Anyways, um, Amelie, why don't you say three things you're grateful for? Okay. Um, I'm extremely grateful for this conversation. I feel like I just really needed it today. So thank you for coming on the podcast. I loved talking to you. Um, I'm also just grateful to have a new day because yesterday was not the best day for me. So happy that today is, is here. Um, and then I'm grateful for my job today. They're sending me to the Massachusetts women's conference and I'm going to hear from some incredible speakers. It's all virtual. Um, but I'm really, really excited to have like a day kind of off of work where I'm listening to really cool speakers and it's all about women and women's empowerment. So I'm pumped. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, I am super grateful for both of you. Um, you, uh, like on days when I'm feeling like, what am I doing with my life? Like I think of both of you and like, you light my fire. Um, I don't know we're crying. Um, you, you, you like put a little fire in my heart. Um, I am so grateful for my puppy. Um, Luna, she should be walking in any minute. I can't wait. And um, I am so grateful for uh, my best friend, Brittany, came to, like, hold our hands as we um, brought Luna into our lives. As you brought home your child. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, she's just, it's been so great to have her here and to have, like, that support um, as Brett and I figure out how to parent, which is so cool. And we're navigating that world together. So all the great things. Um, Athena, is there anything that you want to promote or where can people find you? Anything like that? Oh, um, I mean, I'm so I really only use Instagram. Um, Athena K. Nihez, if you do want to follow me on Instagram or just creep on my Instagram, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> I think you're going to have to spell that one. <laughs> um, so it's A-T-H-E-N-A and then K, my middle name, um, and then N-E-H-E-Z. Um, so you know super simple (laughs) um and then I'm just gonna promote you guys because you know (laughs) I love it so much and um yeah that's that's about it (laughs) awesome thank you so much Athena and thank you everybody for listening to everybody's bad with money this podcast was presented by beyond the green coaching you can follow us on Instagram Facebook and visit our website beyondthegreencoaching.com We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you.